like feel the difference? Can we sense the difference? Can we hear the difference of what the Holy Spirit wants to inspire in us? Because the Holy Spirit will always inspire in a way which bears fruit. Yes. And it will yes. always be good fruit. Absolutely. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Living Fullness. I'm Stina Constantine and joining me on the podcast is Father Sean Burns. Each week you'll hear us chat about a range of topics from virtue to relationships, comments on cultural shifts and lessons that we're learning as we go along and we're so excited to have you join us. So sit back and enjoy being part of a conversation with a couple of friends. How are you going, Padre? Well, thank you, Stina. That's the way I'm doing well. I'm doing well. What are we into? We are up to part two of the book study. Hurrah! In the School of the Holy Spirit by Jacques Philippe. Rocketh on it. So part two, we are talking about how can we foster inspirations. So it's a bit of a bigger section than the previous mm. week, than the last week. But we really want to cover the 10 ways that he talks about to foster inspiration. So we're going to try and power through them today. Absolutely. So uh, the first one that he gives is practice praise and thanksgiving. I think we, we often overlook that last bit, that thanksgiving, gratitude. Thanking God for his blessings is actually a great way of, of, of sort of fostering inspiration. We are first receivers. The only reason why we are, are Christian is because he has first called us, not because we sought him out, but because he sought us out. Uh, and so our first response to him should always be thankfulness. And the more that we're thankful for him, the more that we'll be uh, sort of receptive to his movements. And uh, so generally, if we notice what happens to us when someone actually expresses gratitude, we, we, we notice that the not only has the gift that we've given been valued, like experiencing gratitude makes you want to give. And that's not saying that, you know, God's, God's holding out on us in some way, waiting for us mm. to say thanks or like some insecure <laughs> yeah, you know, sort of, you know, but no. uh, but what, what, it's just it's the gratitude that we receive and experience that makes us want to give more is really a model of God's love. Uh, that you know, the more that we respond to His love in gratitude, the more that we're actually fostering a relationship with Him. The more that we're open to receiving those 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 gifts and graces that He wants mm -hmm. to give to us mm -hmm. uh, and those inspirations. Mm, yeah. Uh, the second one that he talks about is desire and ask for them. So actually asking for inspirations. Um, I think sometimes speaking about myself here, of myself, I can be very good at asking for the things I need, but not very good at asking for more inspirations. Mm. So it's really important to actually ask to be docile yeah. to the movements of yeah. the Holy Spirit. Yeah, definitely. Number three is a bit of a big one. Mm. Resolve to refuse God nothing. Uh. <laughs> like it's and it's it's not saying it's not saying that we have to give God everything without fail. You know, it's 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 not saying that um, we've got to be perfect already. Like right, that's, right, right, that's right. That's not what it's saying because we're not perfect already. We're on our way to perfection. That's the journey of this earthly life. Yeah. What it is saying though is, say to God, I spare you nothing. You know, I'm not going to hold anything back for myself. God, it's all yours. And it's a bit frightening generally. I know myself, a bit of a control freak. Uh, <laughs> you know, and, and so I was like, well, okay, I, I want to be able to control my life. And and when the reality of the Christian, the Christian life is, actually, we surrender control. Yeah. And we say, Lord, if you want to give me a grace and an inspiration in a way that I do not expect, I'm all yours. Yeah. Yeah. 
and, and every gift, everything I've got, everything I am, it's yours. Do with it what you will. And that makes us open yeah. uh, to whatever God wants to do in our lives. Mm. Uh, yeah. Mm, definitely. It reminds me of something I've experienced in when I confess my sins to Jesus. Like my resolution that I make is, well, with your help, I will not sin again. Yeah. But I used to really struggle with being able to say that because I would sit there like, well, I'm going to sin again. <laughs> like it's just, it's going to happen. So how can I possibly say that I will not sin again. And so I'd fall into this trap of saying, well, I'll try not to, like I'll try not to sin again. I'll try not to fall down. I'll try not to make a mistake. And that was the best that I had to offer. But the trouble is that not only have I then just made a half-hearted commitment that all I will do is my own effort, but I've actually completely minimized the front part of that prayer, which is with your help. Yeah. Like it's not like we said this so many times in the last week's episode. It's not on my own strength. It's not on my own merits here. Like it is God working through. So let's not put limitations on what God can do. Like he can actually work with my commitment as small as my commitment may be. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. As insignificant as that may be. He can work wonders with that. That's right. It really is taking up. Be perfect as my heavenly father is perfect. Yes. Not because we're perfect now. But because we're aiming for nothing short of perfection, and 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 our author is just like that's that's it. Hold nothing back. Yes. Aim for the hills. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Number four: practice filial and trusting obedience. Uh, and and so this includes you know being obedient to the things that we're called into, the commandments, our state in life, single, married. Uh, sort of our, our vocations, also our jobs, our family commitments, community commitments, friendships, you know, whatever, wherever he's placed us, we have obligations of love around us. Mm. We have obligations to be dutiful towards others, to be just towards others, uh, to be charitable towards others. And so ignoring these and asking for other special inspirations isn't pleasing to God. To ignore the things that he's asking us to do immediately in our lives as a result of our vocation is, is really to ignore the first most basic inspiration that Jesus placed, that God places on our hearts, which is be holy, mm. uh, you know, and, and being holy is, as we said in the last episode, it's often looking at the little things, looking at the you know, little things in terms of, in contrast to perhaps what we consider big things, Yeah, you know, yeah. Like, like going out and starting some mission somewhere. Or, yeah, right. Well, okay, what about just at home? Mm. What about just here? Mm. You know, looking after the people in, that, that God has put into my care. And when we look at those little things, we actually discover they're much bigger than what I realised. Yeah. You know, and yeah. we, we, we realise that the impact of looking after those, in inverted commas, little things. Mm. Um, mm. So. It's also about being present too. It's about doing what is right in front of us. Exactly. As opposed to yeah. what may be happening That's in an right. hour, two hours, right. three years, ten years yeah. from now. Being present to the immediate moment that God has called us into. Yeah. So that we can actually interact with the very things that he wants us to, to, to glean. The, the, the inspirations he wants to give us are always going to be in the now, in the moment yes. that we find ourselves in. Yeah. Not in some future moment. Yeah. yeah. This is the moment that we've yes. been gifted. Yes, exactly. Mm. Yeah. The fifth thing that Jacques-Philippe mentions is practicing abandonment. So he's talking, he mentions in, in a couple of spots here, he talks about these events that may occur in our lives. So these could be things that maybe are challenging for us, um, maybe some difficulties that we're facing, 
um, some really painful things that we might go through and we might consider them God's will insofar as, you know, they might be painful, they might be difficult and so on. But I guess maybe a more truthful way of looking at it is more that God permits these things Mm. to happen Mm. and he allows them to happen firstly because he wants to draw something good out of it Mm. and that first thing that he wants to draw is something good for us. So he doesn't allow something to happen, doesn't allow for us to go through pain, suffering, challenges, difficulties without there being some good in it for us and then also for others as well. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. But in order for us to be able to to experience that and for him to be able to do the work that he needs to do and wants to do, we have to actually be able to trust that this is what's happening. We have to be able to let go of anything that is holding us attached to what we think should be happening or what we feel should be happening (laughs) and allow God to just take full control of our lives. And he mentions one of the quotes from Therese of Lisieux um, where she says, I choose it all. (laughs) And he sort of extrapolates on that and he says, and he tries to sort of translate it to mean, well, I decide to choose what I have not chosen. Like, come yeah. on, That's it, decide it? to choose oh, what I have no. not chosen. It's awesome, isn't it? Yeah. Isn't it? I mean, that just, that that to me, when I read that, that really did blow my mind. Yeah. Uh, it is, you know, I, I decide, I, I'm, I'm going to choose the thing that I haven't chosen. I'm, I didn't want this thing to happen. Yes. You know, and, and, and you know, I, I didn't want this cross to, to come for me. You know, it's, um, and, but I know that, even though God is allowing this for the moment, God wants to bring, he doesn't want this evil in my life. He doesn't want this suffering in my no, life. No, no. He's allowing it and he's allowing it so that he's going to bring some good. Mm. He's going to bring us closer to him in some way, shape or form. And the way that we cooperate with that is even this thing, this thing I don't want, I choose it. And that just to me seems, as a Christology teacher, <laughs> that to me seems so Christological. <laughs> you know, it's it's because that's, that's Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. Yeah. You know, it's it's yeah. just awesome. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And there's also a, um, I mean, one, it's powerful, but the other is also there's a there's an ease that comes with it too. Like I don't have to have it figured out. I don't have to know <laughs> yeah. Yeah. all the things that he wants to do and then yeah. choose that. I can also be in a place of going, well, I don't know. <laughs> yes. I don't know what I haven't chosen, but I know that this is what you want for me, so I accept that. Yes. Like e- even though I don't know the ins and outs of what's happening here, there's yeah. there's an yeah. ease and a comfort that comes in knowing that too. Yeah, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. Number six. Practice detachment. So there are a number of ways that it looks at detachment, but one of those is attachment to material possessions, our ideas, our point of view. So funnily enough, it's easier to detach from material things. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. like if, if, if I have to go without my hot shower for a couple of days, it's yeah. like, yeah, I'll suck it up or I'll yeah. smell for a couple of days or something. You know, like, <laughs> like, you know, it's, everybody else it's, has to suffer. Everybody else has to suffer. That's right. I'm everybody else's cross. <laughs> they all have to choose me. No, <laughs> I did not to, choose this, Lord. I have to choose my stench. Uh, so, but uh, you know, like, it's easier to detach from from those things. But letting go of patterns of thinking, letting go of unhelpful desires, letting go of fiercely held opinions—that can be really difficult. You know, and and uh, it's sort of um, 
much more difficult to give up. And I think with the opinion thing, sometimes it's a matter of, even if our opinion is correct, right? So, so not all opinions are equally valid because not all opinions are equally true. Mm-hmm. But everyone deserves to be heard. Mm-hmm. Everyone deserves to be heard. Mm-hmm. Everyone deserves somebody else to sit there and listen and go, oh, okay, mm-hmm. that's where you're coming from. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and if I hold so fiercely to my own opinion that I'm unable to sit there and go, oh, so that's where you're coming from. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like not only am I probably not that secure in my own opinion, uh, <laughs> but, True. But, but, but also I'm so attached to being like, I am right. I am right and I will not be challenged. <laughs> it's like, dude, just be, it's, yeah, like, it's yeah. all good, just chill. <laughs> you know, what's easier said than done? As an opinionated person, easier said than done. So it, it, it's sort of being detached from from our from material things because material things will distract us from God, but also not in and of themselves, but if, if we become attached to them, they can distract us from God. And also being detached from our own, particularly our own opinions, insofar as we don't pretend that we've got it all figured out. Yeah. Because if we pretend that we have it all figured out, it's like, God, it's all right, mate, I've got this. Mm. Uh, well, actually... You don't sport. (laughs) (laughs) You think you got it. (laughs) Yeah. 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 I love what he says um, in, what is it? It's page 35 in the book, if you're using the book. What he says in page 35 is that we need the kind of detachment where if a particular thing or a habit or a relationship or a personal plan is taken from us, we don't make a drama out of being deprived of it, mm. which I love because I think he's now setting up a standard of what yeah. it needs to yeah. look like, what detachment yep. action needs to look and feel like. Yep. And it sounds straightforward, like, yeah, okay, naturally, if we're not attached to something, we're not going to be too fussed about it, we're not going to be yep. too faced about it, which sounds like reasonable, sounds okay, except when you start to put it, <laughs> try to put right. it into practice. Because right. then you go, well, hang on, what if the thing that you lose is your health? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> now yeah. it's a little bit difficult. Right. Or maybe the habit that you're losing is the inability to work. Mm. So now you're not mm. able to go to work. You're not able to work the same way that you yep. used to. Maybe you don't have the cognitive ability to be able to focus anymore. Yeah. Yeah. What, what happens now? Relationships. Maybe that's the death of a loved one. Yeah. Are we yeah. really like, how do we practice detachment to the point of, you know, no drama at the loss of, loss of the loves of a loved one or, you know, a personal plan, infertility. Right. 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 How, how are we going to be so detached that there's no drama? So it's easy. It's easier, easier said than done. Right. Right. <laughs> easier said than done. But there is, there is something beautiful that comes from being able to detach so well yeah. so that we're, yeah. our only attachment is to God yeah. and not to all these other things that we expect yeah. from life yeah. or will happen in our lives. And it's, it's probably helpful to just take stock and do a bit of a reflection and just ask, what if this were to be taken? Yeah. What if this were to be taken? What if I were to lose this friend? What if I was to, uh, you know, what if my health was to go down? Like, like what would be my, my reaction here? You know, and, and if we have a chance for Patreon, we'll do a little section for Patreon because there's a little story I'd love to share, pastoral encounter that I'd love to share that really helps to encapsulate that. Yeah, so yeah. if you'd like to hear more about that, Patreon away. So the, the next one, number seven, is uh, the practice of silence and peace. So it's it's good to do, to sort of be aware of the things that cause us to lose our inner peace. And a daily exam is a great place to start. 
observing where does our peace get lost? Circumstances, environment, time of day. Who are the people that are associated with that loss of peace? Uh, what information do we consume that our peace is sort of lost? And in particular here, I think of the news. Mm. There, there used to be a, a news programs or similar programs like that. Like, like, like for instance, I used to watch the ABC's Q and A, uh, and I, I, it used to make me so angry. Mm. I, I would watch it almost knowing that I would always afterwards wind up furious, even if I wasn't that attached to what was being talked about, even if I didn't really have a strong opinion one way or the other. I'd see the manner in which these these interviews were conducted, and I'd be like. Oh, I just get so angry. Mm. Hang on a second. Why am I watching this? <laughs> I walk away from this so furious. Yeah. Uh, and, and I ruminate on that. Yeah. And when you ruminate on the thing that you get cross about, it disturbs the interior peace. You're no longer actually paying attention to where God wants you, what God's calling you to, the particular movements of God at that moment in your life. What your focus is is, Oh, I'm angry about this thing. And it's amazing how many days afterwards I would talk about that. Like it's only a small thing. Yeah. But, you know, somebody else that I hadn't complained to about Q&A would come like, oh, Q&A, let me tell you about yeah. it. You know, it's, it's yeah, it disquiets you. Yeah. And, and it, just, yeah. it stops your receptivity of where, of of God's sort of, of, of the Holy Spirit being able to, to, to move us. Yeah. 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 There's a stat out there that says something like the emotion that we feel, you know, a sudden sudden emotion only really lasts about 30 seconds. The only thing that fuels it is our thought. So whatever we, yeah. whatever thought we then have, and especially when you're talking about rumination, we're adding more fuel, more fuel to that emotion. Wow. So it wow. just keeps perpetuating it over and over and over. So really, if we just let that initial emotion, if we ride that 30 second out yeah. and focus our thought elsewhere, it's 30 seconds and we're done and dusted. <laughs> yeah, 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 mm. yeah. Well said. It is harder though when it's when you've got like a group of people. It's different when you have a choice between flicking the TV off yeah. or you know not watching a particular entertainment, not consuming a particular thing, versus the people that we might have in our lives. Sure. So you know maybe it's a person or a group. Um, maybe it's you know maybe it's a group that always wants to argue about the faith, always wants yeah. to sort of pick a battle, or maybe it's a, a group that swears a lot. We have a lot of you know cursing that happens in our culture at the moment. Mm. Um, or maybe there's, you know, addictions um, someone or group of people are engaging in. Yeah. And in these sort of conversations, maybe they leave you really restless and really frustrated, similar to what you were describing. Mm. Well, in a bit of a turmoil on the inside mm. as well. Mm. It's okay to pull back. Yeah. It's okay to pull back, even just for a time. Yeah. Just to yeah. pull back and go, you know what, for a time, I'm just going to step away from this group of people or from this particular person because it's actually not good for me right now and I need to just reassess how much more I can continue to give in these relationships without it, you know, diminishing my peace and my joy and Absolutely. where it doesn't take away from us. And I, and I say for a time because I think we can be tempted to go, well, I'm just going to cut that person off. And then we start cutting people off left, right, and center, and right. next minute we're a hermit. Like, right, okay. like that's, let's not go overboard. <laughs> With, with sure. that either. Let's not it's cut not, people completely out of our lives. I'm all alone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And speaking of frightened, like for me personally, one of the things I've removed from my life is horror films. Yeah. Like I've, I've been very selective about the types of movies and mm. shows that I watch now and I no longer go towards horror. And not because, you know, like I've spirit, you know, plenty of times of experiencing, you know, sitting there with those 
jumping feelings, anticipation of what's going to happen. And they're kind of fun, especially if you're in a group, you get lots of laughs out of it. Like there's nothing wrong with, with any of that. But I know for myself, the stories that a lot of these horror films and shows depict, there's a lot of darkness, Mm. a lot of darkness and depictions of evil that really kills my joy and it threatens my peace. And as a counsellor, I hear enough darkness from my clients who suffer from trauma. The stories that they have, that's real darkness Mm. and pain. And I deal with that day in, day out in my job. I don't need entertainment to also feed me further darkness, even fictional darkness. I don't need it in my life. So that's, you know, one of the things I've had to remove. That's that's actually, yeah. Yeah, I guess from what you just said there, self-knowledge plays a huge yes. role in this. Yes. Yeah, yeah absolutely. 100%. Number eight, persevere faithfully in prayer. There are going to be days where you don't want to do it. <laughs> do I was it. waiting for that. It's like, oh, he didn't do it. He didn't say it. Oh, there it is. <laughs> so, yeah. It's, it's some days you're going to be like, oh, yes, I got to go to the chapel. I get to pray. Yeah. And then there are going to be days you're like, oh, oh, I've got to go and pray. Yeah. I just don't, I'm just not feeling it. I've got nothing yeah. that makes me want to go and pray. Just do it. Yeah. Just do it. Yeah. You know, it, it's, it's, it's just, it's so important. Yes, there are going to be days where you don't have that, that interior consolation where it just feels really dry and you're not getting a whole lot from the process. Just do it. Mm. Just do it. Just be faithful to it. Uh, and, and the beautiful thing is, that you acquire the habit little by little. You actually acquire the habit where even though interiorly you may not feel like doing it, you actually still want to do it. Mm. Despite and I often think it's a bit like a husband and wife who've been married for 50 years. <laughs> you know, like 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 there comes a point where they're sort of like, okay, I don't like my husband's westerns. I'm just thinking <laughs> like mom's like, I hate westerns. I hate westerns. I hate the whole, the whole, you know, mum just hates him. She yeah, can't yeah, stand yeah. him, right? But if dad wants to watch it, she wants to watch it with him. Mm. Do, you, do you know what I mean? Mm. Like she hates that thing, mm, mm. but she wants to watch it with him. And it's, it's, it's a, the analogy doesn't fit perfectly, but you can kind of see where I'm going with it, yeah. right? Just because I don't, I don't like something at the moment or just because I don't even want necessarily to do it doesn't mean that deep down I don't want to do it. Like yeah. In yeah. this particular moment with what's going on emotionally, yeah. what's, whatever's happening, yeah, I'm like, oh, I just I don't feel like doing it. But in fact, after a while, you actually develop this this habit of going, even though I don't like it, and even though, yeah, when I think about it, I don't really want to do it this time. I want to be with him. Mm. You know, mm. I want to be with him. Mm. And ultimately, that's it. I want to be with the Lord. Mm. Even though I don't want to be in the chapel right now, perhaps. I don't want to be um, you know, kneeling down right now, perhaps. Uh, or I don't want to be just, you know, in, in silence right now, perhaps. Actually, but I want to be with him. Yeah. So I'm going to go and do those things. Yeah. You know? Yeah. 100%. So, yeah. 100%. Yeah. yeah. Number nine is examine the movements of our hearts. Uh, so really paying attention to what's happening in our hearts, a little bit like the self-knowledge that you were talking about there mm. before, Padre, is really paying attention and learning to discern the difference between nature, influence of evil, and the movements of the Holy Spirit. Mm. So if we look at nature, what am I talking about? We're talking about like our story. Okay. What What is your story? What has influenced your life? What mm. biological influences currently have, uh, are you know, affecting your life? Yeah, yeah. It's from simple things to from nutrition to sleep to exercise, like they all have an effect mm, mm. on the way that we move about the day. Yes. So being able to tell the difference between that 
and between the difference and between influence of evil because let's face it there is a power working directly against us <laughs> let's not let's not you know try and dilute that it's there it Absolutely. wants to pull us down so and sometimes can be very good at disguising itself as good. Oh, yes. So we need to be able to learn to see the difference and see whether there is something going on here that actually is not the voice of God. And also then, so between being able to tell the difference between what's nature, what's our influence that we're bringing, our story, mm. our biology, versus what is effects of evil and influence it's having Mm-hmm. a play in our lives versus what is actually the Holy Spirit doing? Yeah. Can we, yeah. can we actually feel the difference? Can we sense the difference? Can we hear mm. the difference of what the Holy Spirit wants to inspire in us? Because mm. the Holy Spirit will always inspire in a way which bears fruit. Yes. And it will yes. always be good fruit. Absolutely. And, and Philippe makes the point that, look, you're not going to always get it right. You're not always going to get it right. Some, sometimes you're going to get it wrong. Hey, welcome to the world of being yep. human, and uh, and and it's okay. Yeah, it's all right. Okay, you got it wrong. Get up, move on. It's okay. Yes, God's still with you. Yes. He loves you, and he's yeah. Start again, mm. and he makes the point: the more that you get up and you start again, the more that you learn. Yes, the more that you learn about. Okay, what went wrong there? Yeah, where did I misjudge that? Okay, sorry, I misjudged that. I'll remember that for next time. Mm. Like the more that we have those little falls, the more that we mess up. Yes, we learn. We can actually go, okay, I've learned something today. Yeah. It helps to form a battle plan. Yes. And that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And don't panic if you're listening going, oh, I can't tell the difference between those. Like, it's okay. We're actually going to go through a few of those things in next week's episode as well. Like he goes on to give some clarity in this space. So don't freak out. It's okay. But also like you're saying, Padre, this is a learning space. So it's okay to make mistakes. And, uh, okay, and so then lastly, open up, opening up our hearts to a spiritual director. Seek a spiritual director or a mentor to gain clarity. Now, in terms of seeking a spiritual director, particularly for a, a pre-spiritual director, I normally recommend that it be a priest with at least 10 years of, of pastoral experience. That's not a hard and fast rule. It's not a rule as though, oh, it's eight years or ten, it's not ten, no. It's, it's okay. It's a, I'm not saying it must be ten, uh, you know, like, that's okay. But I, I guess, you know, one of the things that we learned in the seminary was in the context of the confessional, uh, we were told, okay, when you get out there and you start hearing confessions, you need to do three things. Like, all right. And you're like, all right, what's this, what are these three things? Tell us these the three secrets. things. <laughs> these, these secrets of the confessional. Tell us more. <laughs> and uh, my, my lecturer, Father Scott Armstrong, he goes, okay, there's three things you need to do. Get ready. Shut up, shut up, and shut up. And we're like, What? <laughs> Shut up because you don't know anything. Shut up because you don't know anything. And shut up because you don't know anything. Right? Uh, okay. <laughs> so, to put it more positively. Yes. Listen. <laughs> yes. Yes. So, so listen. That's right. So, so just do those three things and you'll be fine. And he's like, do that for the first three years. Mm-hmm. And then when you get to year four, then shut up because you still don't know anything. <laughs> so, 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 so we sort of were like, okay, all right. So just, just listen. And, and as you say, put more positively, just listen. Uh, don't necessarily seek to provide advice every time. Sometimes you have to. Yeah. And he made that distinction, of course, but just in the sake of humor, he was saying, yeah, of course, just of shut course. up. You know? But I think the, without saying that, that someone in their early years can't be a spiritual director, because 
obviously any priest has the capacity to be a spiritual father and therefore a spiritual director and, and, you know, by all means. I just think it's, there's wisdom in taking spiritual direction from a priest who's had, who's, who's, you know, uh, sort of had a few pastoral wins and losses and has learnt from those yes. uh, over over a number of years. Yeah. And I think there's, there, there is wisdom to be had in that. But uh, You're looking for spiritual maturity That's, that's right. wisdom. That's right. That's right. So, um, so yeah, look, getting a spiritual director is an act of humility. It's an act of humility because it's, it's, it's saying I have to be open and honest with someone about where I'm up to spiritually, and that's not an easy thing to do. Mm. Like to say I, I, I suffer with these particular uh, spiritual maladies, uh, here are the strengths that I know that I have. Here are the opportunities for growth. Uh, here's where I see myself struggling the most with that growth. Mm. Like that's to open oneself up like that. That takes a lot of humility, mm. and 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 there's a lot of graces that are won from that humility. There's also yeah. a, a key difference there too between spiritual direction and mentorship because the, the reality is that perhaps you're not able to get a, a spiritual director or perhaps sure, that's not sure. actually appropriate for for whoever the person might be listening and a mentor is more appropriate yeah, for yeah. you, so be it. But there is, uh, there is a difference in the terms of obedience as well. Spiritual direction brings about that humility you're talking about also comes from having to be obedient to what your spiritual director directs yeah. you to. That's yeah. Why, yeah. why we have a director um, versus a mentor where you can kind of bounce some ideas yes. and they might yes. be able to give some suggestions or guidance, but they're not really directing you in a particular yeah. path. Yeah. So there is a, a bit of a distinction there. In, in general, that is true and that is important. In general, I would be careful of spiritual directors who hold you to obedience. Absolutely. I yeah. would be careful of that. Yeah. It's a dem- it, that demonstrates some immaturity there. Yes. Uh, so one ought to be obedient to one's spiritual director, but beware of spiritual directors who hold you to obedience. Yeah. So look, if you've got yeah. someone who is constantly looking for power, that's yes. not spiritual maturity at yes, all. Yes, that's right. So that's it's right. providing exactly. you've got someone who is spiritually mature <clears throat> and wise. That's right. That's right. There shouldn't be a that that, that, that shouldn't there. be an issue. Just a bit of a. But a of course, up. yeah, a yeah. word of caution. Yeah. Um, and um, yeah, so I think yeah, that's number ten. Yeah, so yeah. that's ten ways to inspire, to foster inspirations yeah. that Jacques Philippe talks about. And as I think I said a moment ago, next week will be the last week that we focus on this particular book study mm. by Jacques Philippe. It will go into a little bit more specifics that he dives into in terms yeah. of gaining some clarity around the movements of the Holy Spirit. Absolutely. Absolutely. So before we go, a truth, beauty, and goodness for this week, Padre. Yes, yes. Uh, I came. I came with Carl. Clown. Clown. Pardon me. I came across recently as I was preparing for for my classes. Uh, I came across the Hound of Heaven, a poem by Francis mm. Thompson, which I just love. It's a mm. beautiful, beautiful poem. And uh, it's funny how your interpretations of various things change over years. When I first read that poem, the the ending part of the poem is is, is like the crescendo. It's just mm. beautiful, and and um, you know, God, this hound that's been pursuing Francis all throughout his life, has now finally caught up with him. And uh, poor Francis is like, you know, and this voice is around me like a bursting sea, and, and he's freaking out, you know, and and. And I used to, the way that I used to interpret this voice was, you know, sort of, uh, you strange, piteous, futile thing. Whom wilt thou find to love ignoble thee? Save me, save only me. You know, all which I've taken from thee, 
I've taken that you might seek it in my arms, like a really kind of bursting voice, a voice which is demanding and commanding. And it's strange. I first read that poem when I was in the seminary Mm. uh, in my first year. And now 15 years later, the voice is so different. Mm. You know, and and instead I hear that, you know, Francis Thompson saying, and that voice is round me like a bursting sea. And is thy earth so much shattered in shard on shard? Lo, you. Strange, piteous, futile thing. You know, it's just—it's just so different. Yeah. It's, you know, this bursting sea is bursting not because it's a loud voice, but because it—it—it it, it speaks to the very heart of who Francis Thompson mm. is. It draws him out of himself, and 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 it's just so—it's—it's—it's it's, it's amazing to just to see the the difference there. I recommend to anyone to read that poem. Lengthy, mm-hmm. but good. Mm-hmm. Stina, what about you? Awesome. For us, well, we had to make a triple zero call a oh. few days ago. Oh, gosh. Um, what happened? Someone needed some medical assistance in right. the house. Right. And it, like it wasn't like super crazy um, mm. stuff. So none of us were in like a panic state or anything, but we just needed to clear a couple of things. Um, and the paramedics arrived and were assessing this particular person and – Next minute, there's this great big, like, knocking on the door. Mm. I was like, what in the world? Who is this? this? And it's, like, really loud. And so I remember walking to the door, and as I was, like, about to reach for the door frame, my bre- mental thought was, what if this is, like, a robber and they've got, like, a weapon? Well, at least the paramedics are already here. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. like, yeah. I opened this door, and it was a priest friend of ours. <laughs> I was like, oh, <laughs> hello. And he was so concerned. The look on his face, he was like, I saw the ambulance and I saw the police and I just, is everything okay? Like what's going And I kind of went, police, no, no, the ambulance are here. But come in, they're just assessing the person. Like just come in anyway. Yeah, yeah. And he kept repeating himself like, no, I saw the police. I'm like, no, the ambulance, like come in. Yeah. And sure enough, like he was right. There was a police car sitting out the front, which I didn't know about, but it turns out the police car had pulled up because they just wanted to have a chat with a couple of paramedics that had pulled over. <laughs> so oh, right. right. They were just hanging around, you know, wanting to have a chat with them. Meanwhile, this poor priest friend of ours has seen both the Ambo and the police and panicked, like, what is going on? But it meant that this particular person was able to get a blessing before yeah. they were able, that before awesome. they went to the hospital. Yeah. So it was an additional sense of peace That's cool. for that person. So it's just That's one cool. of those funny moments of, you know, these two police People that were sitting in the car that thought, yeah, let's pull over and have a chat with these couple of ambos when, you know, they're pulling over. Yeah, sure, whatever. And that was enough to flag some interest of a passing by priest. That's awesome. That's beautiful. (laughs) It's cool. Yeah. It's really cool. Very good. Yeah. Well, thanks for joining us for another episode of Living Fullness. We will catch you again next week. But until then, know of our love and prayers. God bless. 